You are listening to Real Relationship Talk, a podcast helping married and pre-married couples build lasting love from above. Got problems? Let's solve them. Because real trials need real truth. Now it's time to get in the game with your relationship coach and host, Dana Shea. What's up, real ones? This is Dana Shea, and you might be wondering, what does she mean by real ones? Well, it takes too long to say, hey, real relationship talk fam, hey, real relationship talk community. So I have decided to call you guys real ones. You are welcome. And I know that you would not be listening to this podcast if you were not just that, if you were not someone who sought real relationship advice, real relationship tips for your real relationship issues. And I am honored to do this show every single week. Welcome to season six. Now, if you are a faithful listener of the podcast, you notice my new podcast intro, and I'm really grateful to my new voiceover recording artist, Nicole Carino. Thank you so much, Nicole, for doing that amazing intro for us. So, you guys, today we are in episode 69, and if you've looked at the description of this podcast, which you undoubtedly have, you know what we're talking about today. I mean, I could not pass it up, you guys. I could not do episode 69 on a marriage podcast without talking about oral sex. Now, let me go ahead and just advise you parents who are listening to this, maybe in the car, maybe you're just innocently washing dishes or cooking dinner, and you told Alexa, play real relationship talk, you had no idea what this episode is about, hide the children, okay? Actually, though, maybe you don't want to hide them, because I do believe that as parents, we are our children's best teachers when it comes to sex. Do not leave it up to the school system. Do not, God forbid, leave it up to their little friends down the street to teach them about sex. This is our job, our role, our responsibility as parents. So maybe you want to listen to this episode by yourself first, and then maybe you want to consider listening to it with your children. So you guys, this episode is veering off the beaten path of niceties, okay? We are diving straight in, and I'm just going to shoot straight. I'm going to be real, as I always try to be. But this whole new series that we're in is about shameless sex. And so you're going to hear the word sex a lot. If you are uncomfortable with the word sex, or if you don't like to say the word sex, or hear the word sex, or even look at the word if it comes across the TV screen, this whole series is going to make you uncomfortable because we're talking about sex, sex, sex. Now, I espouse the biblical godly views of the Bible, okay? So what you're not going to hear is any salacious, sadistic, um, weird stuff, okay? We are going to talk about how to have sex in a shameless way. We are removing shame. And so some of y'all, you were like putting your finger on the trigger here. You were like, oh, should I listen to this one? Oh, maybe I'll wait till next week. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like you're struggling even now listening to me talk about oral sex. And I want to help you to remove that shame because this episode is going to be um, really, I believe, enlightening, hopefully. I'm going to surprise you at the end with something that I guarantee you've probably never, ever thought about before when it comes to oral sex. So if you are ready, if you are willing, if you are bold and brave and you want to continue to keep it real with me, let's dive into episode 69, baby. And we're talking about oral sex today. Let's go. All right, you guys. Well, I hope you're in a comfortable spot. 
and hope you're not at work with your coworkers buzzing around because they're about to get some real deal info today. All right, y'all, let's let's go ahead and talk about it. All right. I just want you to say the words oral sex right now. Just say it. Oral sex. This is the deal. In Christian marriages, so often we have been shamed to talk about things that are very natural, things that should never be thought about as shameful. And I am on a mission to make sex one of the most natural conversations that you can have in your marriage. I've heard someone say that the best sex is communicative sex, which means that it is sex where you and your husband, you or your wife are communicating back and forth. You're talking about what you like, what you don't like, what feels good, what doesn't feel good, what hurts, what doesn't hurt. You're talking about fantasies with each other. These should not be shameful conversations conversations, you all. Now, Obvi, if you are not married, the Bible is very clear about sex outside of marriage. And so we're not even going to talk about that today. This episode is strictly for my married folks, okay? Now, maybe you're not a Christian or maybe you are a Christian and real talk, you're like, yeah, I have sex anyway, even though I'm not married. Hopefully, you will change your mind as you continue to listen to the Shameless Sex series, because I really believe that if we do things God's way, we will get God's rewards. If we keep on doing stuff our own way, we can't keep getting upset when our life is in shambles, our hearts are broken, and our lives are falling apart. All right, that's all I'm going to say about that. We're going to talk today about oral sex, or for my scientist friends out there, cunnilingus or fellatio. Wives, I want you to just ask your husbands tonight, would you like some fellatio? They're going to be like, where's that, in the freezer or the refrigerator? They're not going to know what you're talking about because nobody uses those words. But those are actually the scientific definitions of oral sex. So cunnilingus is when a woman receives oral sex and fellatio is when a man receives oral sex. Okay, so. This is not going to be a scientific episode. I'm not going to go into the how-tos. I am going to link to an incredible website called themarriagebed.com that I really encourage you to go and visit. Themarriagebed.com is a Christian marriage site, and but, 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 lest you think it is in the KJV, King James Version, or that they skimp around these sexual issues, you are going to be surprised because they actually talk about sex in such an honest, forthright, real way that I really, really appreciate. It has become one of my sources, and I'm going to highly encourage that you check it out. So this episode is not about how-to. I'm not going to give you any tips and tricks, and I don't want y'all all up in my bedroom, okay? Don't be asking me questions about how often and, and all of that stuff for me, all right? This is an episode for you. So let's talk about it, you guys. First of all, we need to just go ahead and address the elephant in the room, okay? Because there are a lot of Christian couples who still believe that oral sex is a sin. They believe that it's wrong, that it's ungodly, and that we shouldn't be doing it. I was actually raised in a church tradition that taught that. Growing up, I was taught that oral sex, any sex other than like missionary position vaginal sex was wrong. And many Christians still hold that belief to this day, even though there is nowhere in scripture that forbids oral sex. 
nowhere. As a matter of fact, there are scriptures that actually point to oral sex. And I'm going to give you two examples of that right now. So first of all, in the book of Song of Solomon, which if you are married and you've never read the book of Song of Solomon before, you are missing out. You don't need porn. You don't need a flick. You don't need anything other than to sit yourself down with your spouse and read through Song of Solomon together. People are always like, it's a love story between Jesus and his church. Okay, yes. However, this is a story between a man and a woman, and they go there, all right? And so I'm going to read to you two scriptures, and this is going to bless your life. All right, listen to this. First of all, let's look at Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 3, and I'm reading out of the Net Translation, the New English Translation. And it says, Like an apple tree among the trees of the forest, so is my beloved among the young men. This is how her voice would sound to me. I delight to sit in his shade, and his fruit is sweet to my taste. All right, what fruit is sweet to her taste? What is she talking about? Many scholars believe that she is actually talking about fellatio. She's talking about his penis being the fruit that is sweet to her taste. Okay? Now, lest you think that only women perform oral sex, we're going to turn over a couple pages to Song of Solomon chapter 4, verse 16. And it reads, Awake, O north wind, come, O south wind, blow on my garden so that its fragrant spices may send out their sweet smell. May my beloved come into his garden and eat its delightful fruit. Okay, we're not even going to address the fact that the word come is twice in that scripture because that's not the way that it's been used, but I just couldn't overlook it. All right, so that is a very obvious description of a woman receiving oral sex, right? It says, let him blow on my fragrant spices or blow on my garden so that its fragrant spices may send out their sweet smell. Let my beloved come into his garden and eat his delight, all right? So when we try to pretend like the Bible is this cutesy little book where only married people had sex and they only did it in the missionary position, we are short-circuiting the eroticism that should be found in marriage. And listen, y'all, God is not ashamed of sex. He created it. He's not like covering his eyes in a corner, like being like, oh, my God, I can't wait till they finish so that we can just go and worship together. No, like God is in the midst of everything that you do as a couple. And if he's not ashamed of you and he's not ashamed of it, you should not be ashamed of you and you should not be ashamed of it. And when I say it, I mean whatever you and your spouse have agreed upon. Okay, let's go ahead and start there. When we're talking about oral sex, we need to first and foremost understand that sex inside of marriage has to be honorable. The Bible says, let not the marriage bed be defiled. Let it be held honorable. So off the jump, we need to understand that we have to honor each other. What does this have to do with oral sex? Well, it has everything to do with oral sex because if you are in a marriage and your spouse, for whatever reason, is anti-oral, then you need to be honoring of that. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to have to spend the rest of your life in perpetuity not receiving or giving, if that's your thing. But what it does mean is that you have to have a conversation with your spouse in an honoring way to find out what is their deal. 
Okay, some spouses, you guys, have been sexually molested, and just the thought of them giving or receiving oral sex triggers them. They may have never shared that with you before, but that is something that you should know. So if you have a spouse that acts like, you know, this is the worst thing in the world, they're freaked out by it, like they have some kind of weird reaction to it, that may be one of the reasons. It doesn't mean every single person who's anti-oral sex is, you know, a, a, a survivor of childhood sexual abuse, but it could be a reason. So it's worth a conversation. You should never shame this whole episode or this whole series, I should say, is called Shameless Sex. So you're going to hear me say that in subsequent episodes that we should never shame our spouses into sex. We should never say things like, what's wrong with you? Or you need to get over it or grow up or God forbid, well, so-and-so, when I was dating them, did such-and-such. That That is like a kiss of death, obviously, right? But we need to make sure that we're honoring our spouses. And if there's something that our spouse is adverse to, that we find out what is the deal, okay, in an honoring way. The second thing is, and I said it earlier, is communication, okay? And so, again, asking those questions, asking while you're in the act sometimes and sometimes pre or post. Just depends on the situation. There's no magic formula here, okay? So I'm not going to tell you you should never talk about sex while you're having sex. I would say that for me... It's probably not the most ideal time because I'm kind of like in a zone, right? But pre or post is probably more appropriate for you to find out from your spouse. Like, hey, did you like that thing that I did down there? Like, how did that feel to you? And don't be ashamed of those conversations. Like, even now, some of y'all are like, oh, my God, I'm cringing, right? Because you're just not used to having these conversations. But these in a healthy marriage, these conversations should be normal and natural. Now, when I say natural, I don't mean easy. I don't mean that you should just like, you know, get married and start having these conversations right away, especially, again, if you grew up like I did, where sex was almost always talked about in the negative. And I really believe, especially as Christian parents, if you're a Christian and if you're a parent, that you need to help your children understand that sex is God's greatest gift to a married couple. I know some of you guys are like, no, it's oneness. It's, you know, holiness. It's actually sex. Like, sex is God's greatest gift to a marriage. It really is. I believe that, at least. And so these are conversations that, yes, they may be awkward at first, and yes, they're not always easy, but we need to develop the skill of having these conversations in our marriages because sex is a gift. Okay, let's talk a little bit about beliefs that we have held that are not serving us well. And when I say beliefs, I mean just things that we've picked up from aunties and grandma and God forbid, if you've ever watched porn, stuff that you've learned from that, that is not helpful or healthy. When I was growing up, I already told you a little bit, you know, the church tradition that I grew up in was very um, sexually conservative, which I appreciate. I was not out here whiling and being promiscuous, praise the Lord. And a large part of that is because of the constant teaching about not having sex outside of marriage that I received. I was literally afraid that God would strike me with herpes or HIV the moment that I had sex outside of marriage, which if you know my story, you know that Sean and I actually had a kid before marriage, so that didn't last too long. However, at some point in the game, I was deathly afraid of sex because I was taught only the negative components about it. Now, sure, they would sprinkle in every now and again, sex is God's gift to a marriage. Okay, but for us teenagers, 
They taught us that it was the worst thing that you could ever do. And don't you ever get pregnant outside of marriage because that is the most shameful thing that you could ever do, which I digress. I'm still a little triggered by that. I've been healed and delivered. Okay, let's continue. Some of the things that I believed, especially about oral sex, was that it was just gross. I mean, I remember having a conversation with one of my friends in middle school, and she was telling me how she had, like, gone down on this guy because, uh, parents, if you think your middle schoolers aren't doing this, you're wrong. Many of these kids are doing this on school buses and in the locker rooms, in the bathrooms at school, um, in the bathrooms at church. I mean, let, I'm just keep it all the way real with y'all. Like, y'all think that your kids just get excited about going to worship Jesus every Wednesday night. You need to find out what little boy or little girl is there that your kid is interested in. Not every kid, okay? I'm not going to say every kid. There's some kids who love Jesus, praise the Lord. But I used to be a kid, and so did you, and you probably know what kids are capable of. If you don't, you need to go and look at TikTok and, and get yourself a little bit skilled to the game of what these kids are up to these days, all right? So I remember years ago, I'm in middle school, I'm having the conversation with my friend, and she's telling me about how she had gone down on this guy. And I was like, that is the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. I will never do that. Like, I literally said those words to her. That is the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. It was just gross. Like, I didn't even want to think about it. First of all, I don't really like bodily fluids. So anything that comes out of the body, whether it be like from the mouth or from the other areas of exits, I, I just, I hate bodily fluids. And so for me to even consider that was just the grossest thing ever. Another thing that I believe is that it was non-Christian. And obviously, I told you why I was kind of brought up in that whole like strict conservative. This is how we have sex and nothing else. And so I believe for a long time that it was just anti-biblical. I'm sure that there was a scripture in the Bible that was like, if you do this, you will burn forever. Another thing that I believed, and I'm sorry for my white girlfriends. I love y'all. Y'all know y'all are my dears. Okay. But I believe that only white girls did this. Like, black girls do not give head, if I can say it that way. Black girls, at least when I was growing up, they weren't doing this. This was stuff that our white girls' friends were doing. We were not doing this, okay? And so for the longest time, it was like, and, and, and to be honest with you guys, a lot of my black boy friends, like my black male friends, liked white girls because they were a little bit more, uh, shall I say, willing to do this where us black girls were like, no, sir, buddy, you better keep it rolling. And so that was just a myth. That was something that I believe. Nowadays, it feels like everybody's doing it. Black women are like pro-oral sex in every capacity. And so obviously that was a myth. Something else that I believed is that it was only for the male's pleasure. So you didn't really hear a lot of like women being like, oh my God, the best thing happened. You will not believe it. Like mostly it was men who bragged about it, who talked about it. You would hear guys talking about it, you know, when we were in high school or whatever. You didn't really hear a lot of girls bragging about it or talking about it. And so I thought, well, I am a woman of the future. Okay, and so we are equal in every area. So if I'm not being pleased, you're not being pleased. Okay, and these were just some of the myths that I believe. These are some of the lies that I believe. And maybe you guys believe some of those, too, or maybe you had your own reasons or still have your own reasons of why you are anti-oral. 
So what I want to encourage you all is that if you have some of those kind of deep-seated beliefs, those are not just going to disappear because you're listening to this podcast. Those are not just going to go away because your husband has asked you for the 15th time what the deal is. You are going to have to address those beliefs and you are going to have to demystify this whole thing, this whole topic around oral sex. And for some of you all, it's going to take a lot of prayer. It is going to take you literally getting in your word and seeing what God says about sex and the um, the sheer beauty of married sex. For some of you, it's going to take having conversations with a trusted friend. And for some of you, you are just going to have to read some good Christian books, visit that marriage bed website like I just mentioned earlier. You're going to have to engage this process because some of these beliefs are very deep-seated. But I have faith in you that for the sake of your marriage and for the sake of your sexual freedom, you are going to address these. Now, let me just say what I'm not saying. My pastor always says, what I'm not saying is, what I am not saying is that every single couple needs to be having oral sex. If it's not your thing, and if it's not your spouse's thing, and neither of y'all are worried about it, don't worry about it. I'm specifically talking to couples who are afraid to engage in oral sex or whose partners have asked for oral sex or have maybe wanted to give oral sex and they've been shut down, okay? These are the folks that I'm talking to. If, again, you guys are like, we're not interested, fine. There's other things that you can do. But if there are other areas in your life that you're bound and that you feel like this is nasty or gross, then you're misguided, okay? And so um, tuck that away. All right, so let's talk a little bit about why... Oral sex seems to be such a big deal with men. All right. I asked Sean right before I started this podcast. Of course, I don't I don't know why he didn't want to be on this episode with me. You know, Sean's a little more conservative um, and I am not. So he didn't want to be a guest on this episode. But we did have a little talky talk about this a little bit. And one of the things that for men oral sex does is it it really communicates your complete acceptance of them. Like you are literally putting your face and your mouth down there, okay? And so there's no hiding. There's no pretending that you like your husband. Um, If you go there, you like him, okay? You are completely into that man. And so that is what is being communicated. And he appreciates that. There is no hold bar, literally, like you completely accept him. And that's really important for a man that he feels completely respected and completely accepted by his wife. Another thing for men is that it shows that you are actively engaged. You know, for women, we can literally just lay there and not do anything during sex. I mean, I've done it. I mean, I'm just, hey, I'm calling y'all real ones. I got to be real, too. Like, I've just laid there sometimes. I'm thinking about, what am I going to fix for dinner? Is the dog put up? Did they leave him out? You know, I mean, literally, and Sean can pick up on that. And so sometimes he'll be like, hey, are you there? And it has nothing to do with his skills. It has nothing to do with me not being into him. But it has everything to do with the fact that as a woman, you can literally just be a passive partner. And when you are giving oral sex, um, there's a little bit of work that you have to do. And so you can't be passive and be given oral sex, okay? And so it communicates to your husband that you are really into him, 
you are really into him. Now, for women who love, again, to receive, some of the benefits are similar. For a woman to receive, first of all, it's also that your husband is really into you, especially if your husband gets turned on, which a lot of men do. A lot of men get turned on by turning their wives on. And so for me as a wife to see Sean being turned on by turning me on is a turn on. Yeah, it is. And so for women, it shows also that you care about them, that you are taking the time out from you just getting your needs met or from you just ejaculating real quick and you're good to go off to sleep or off to work. You know, but no, you are actually taking the time to make sure that your woman, your wife is satisfied. And that means a lot to a lot of women. Now, again, for some women, you need to learn some technique. And for some men, you need to learn some technique. The best teacher is your spouse. You can read a book on sex. And if that doesn't vibe well or jive well with your spouse, that's not the information or advice that you need to be using. That's why, I, first of all, for many reasons, I don't go all super deep into technique because like, A, that's that's just not my thing. Like, I'm real, but I ain't that real. All right. I don't want to be all up in your bedroom and knowing I don't just, yeah, no. Okay. So I'm not going to go all deep into the whole technique. But also, there's something that I might recommend to you that works for me and Sean. We might love it. And you guys might try it and like it doesn't work for you. And so the best teacher is going to be your spouse. And it's again, I cannot say it enough, having those open and honest conversations, asking those questions. It's so sad to me when we stifle ourselves or when we block ourselves or box ourselves in because of teaching from the church or teaching from our parents or teaching from maybe couples who they're not fulfilled in their own sex life. And there's two previous episodes that I did. Episode 23 was called What the Church Forgot to Teach Us About Sex. Like, oopsie, we forgot to tell you guys about this whole amazing list of benefits. I know we've talked a lot about the sin of sex outside of marriage and all of the things, but there are some amazing things that we forgot to tell you. So that episode, episode 23, you might want to refer back to. And then episode 25, which are lies women believe about sex. And women, a lot of times have been told things like sex is for men. Sex is a man's greatest need. And if you are any kind of like a rebel woman, like you have any kind of rebellious spirit in you, even if it is ever so slightly, that sort of teaching is going to be a turnoff to you. Because you're like, what? I don't have needs. I have needs too, you know? And so I just really want you to go back and listen to that episode, episode 25, because it is going to help you to, to just lay some of those myths to death, okay? Sex is not just for men. When God created Adam and Eve and he told them, be fruitful and multiply, and Adam was actually the one who said, if a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, the two will become one flesh. All right, that was not Eve talking, that was Adam, all right? And so I just want to help you all to understand that sex is a beautiful gift. It is God's gift, all parts of it. There's different parts. I'm telling y'all, y'all need to go read Song of Solomon. You need to go read the Proverbs. You need to go read other parts of the Bible where it talks about how our bodies are supposed to be pleasurable and sensual to our spouses. And so if you're in a marriage where you are not engaging and enjoying each other, then I hope that this little episode has just 
help to tip you over the edge in having maybe your first sexual conversation with your spouse. All right, you guys ready for something real wild? And I know that I am going to get emails about this. Listen, I am not a biblical scholar. I am a pastor and I've studied these things. And I remember I was in a hermeneutics class and I told my professor there is a biblical euphemism for the feet. Okay, so in the Bible where you see something happen to the person's feet or it talks about feet, that word feet is not always the feet that we think of, right? Like our our toes, our feet. The word feet a lot of times was referred to the genitalia area, all right? And there are several different references. If you look at Isaiah 7, 20, it talks about God shaving the hairs of their feet. Yeah, when I first read that scripture, I was like, well, that's weird. They've got some toe hairs. Like, why does God care about that? Uh, yeah, it's not talking about that. Um, and there are other places, but there is one story. I told y'all this is going to be wild. Some of y'all are never going to read the book of Ruth again. Now, I am not saying that this is absolute doctrine, okay? I understand that there are people who vehemently disagree. There are scholars who disagree with this interpretation. I just think it's interesting that when Naomi sent Ruth down to the threshing floor, which if you know anything about the threshing floor, that was also the place where prostitutes would come at night to pleasure the men of Israel, okay? So the threshing floor, Naomi sends uh, Ruth down to the threshing floor at night and tells Ruth to get herself bathed and perfumed. And then she says, go and uncover the feet of Boaz. Now, I have always, for 30 plus years, read that scripture as the feet of Boaz, like his literal feet, right? I imagine Ruth going and untucking his little blanket from his toes and just laying there. And then I came across some um, scholarly doctrinal letters, and that challenged my view of what Ruth was actually doing out there, okay? I'm getting, I'm not willing to die on the mountain and say that Ruth was given Boaz oral sex or was prepared to or about to, but I just think that sometimes we read the Bible with this little, like, PG or G rated version glasses on, and we're afraid to ask questions like, could this have meant something more than I think it was supposed to mean? Now, I know for y'all diehard, Ruth was a virtuous woman and never sinned. You are like throwing your phone right now. And for others of you, you're like, huh, that's interesting. I'm not saying whether it was or whether it wasn't. I'm just telling you that that is one of the biblical euphemisms for feet was the genitalia. So work that out with the Lord. And if that is not the correct translation, no harm, no foul. It's just something to consider. So you guys, there it is. I hope that this episode has helped you to, first of all, just get the idea that oral sex is a sin or that it's wrong or it's gross or whatever, to get that out of your mind. And maybe for some of you, you want to start trying to incorporate this in your sex life. Or if you're already doing it, great. Maybe you want to have conversations. Maybe that's your next step. Is okay, we're doing it, but we never really talk about it. Ask your spouse, like, hey, is there some, y'all, I asked Sean, like, literal questions, and he asked me literal questions, because that's the only way that we're going to continue to improve. You know, I think it's so interesting, and this is my last thing, y'all, we're about to exit here, because some of y'all, you're just like, I just can't take any more of this. But 
when people say things like, oh, my gosh, you know, I could never be married to the same person for 25 years or I couldn't have sex with the per- same person for that long. It's because you're not growing together and you're not learning each other's bodies and you're not appreciating the changes that your spouse's body goes through, that your body goes through. You're looking at that as some sort of a detriment in your relationship instead of a benefit. And so what I'm saying to y'all, if you don't hear anything else other than you need to try some oral sex Please hear me. Please start having conversations around sex with your spouse that will help you to understand how to better please them and help them understand how to better please you. The best married sex is sex that is mutually beneficial. If you are a woman and you've never had an orgasm and your married sex life, that is not good. And if you are a husband and you're okay with that, that is not good. You need to figure out what you need to do so that both partners are being pleased sexually. All right, you guys, you can go ahead and stop fanning yourself. We're done. So I hope that this episode has been encouraging to you. Encouraging. I love that word. And really, the whole gist of this podcast series, Shameless Sex, is so that we can recover what God gave us in Genesis 2, that we were naked and unashamed. And so... I have no shame when it comes to talking about sex. I talk about sex with my children. I talk about it with Sean. I talk about it on a podcast because there is no shame. And if you're still feeling shame, then these episodes I'm praying are going to help to lift you out of that so that you can enjoy the bountiful, beautiful sex life that God desires for you to have. So thank you so much for listening. If you would like the show notes of this podcast, they are available at realrelationshiptalk.com, episode 69. You will never, ever forget this episode. And also I will link to those um, podcast episodes that I mentioned. Those will be linked in the show notes of this podcast. If you're enjoying the podcast, I'm going to ask you to do me and everybody else a huge favor and give it a review and a rate, a good five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And that just helps other people just like you to be able to find the show. So thanks so much for listening to the show. You guys have an amazing day and I will see you on the next episode. Take care. Thank you for listening to Real Relationship Talk with Dana Shea. Find the show notes, helpful articles, and more relationship tips at realrelationshiptalk.com. Enjoying the show? Be sure to rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And remember to subscribe. We'll see you on the next episode. Hey there, it's Nicole Eunice from the How to Study the Bible podcast, and I'd love to invite you to join us as we weekly discover a passage of God's Word together. From beginning to end, from principles to practicals, we are here to make sure that God's Word is powerful and relevant to your life. If that sounds like something you're looking for, I would love to invite you to subscribe. You can go to lifeaudio.com and search How to Study the Bible, and we'll see you there.